This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Talenti. When Talenti makes gelato and sorbetto, they tend to get a little overzealous. Did they need to use so many raspberries in their Roman raspberry sorbetto that the machine broke? Did they need to try 25 different chai teas to find the perfect spice blend for their vanilla chai gelato? Did they have to invent giant mint steepers to make their Mediterranean mint super minty? Does their obsessiveness make Talenti, Gelato, and Sorbetto the greatest? You be the judge. But yes, it does make them the greatest, and they're also the judge. Talenti, the delicious is in the details. I love this stuff. Thanks, Talenti. Now on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am pumped today because got some sleep, got some rest, got some family hang time, got some podcast partner hang time at the conference podcast movement last week. Super fun to be in the environment of creativity and all the people hustling to try to make uh, you know good shows. And um, yeah, that's what we're doing here, right? Making good shows? <laughs> well, maybe that's debatable for some of you, but... The guest this week is Sierra Kusterbeck, who plays in a band called No, and also played in a band called Versa Emerge. They all they changed their name. I think they just called themselves Versa towards the end of their uh, their their tenure. And technically, they still exist. I guess they're just on hiatus right now. But um, Sierra, actually, uh, mad mad props to uh, my fellow podcaster out there, Shane Told. Shane had her on his podcast called Lead Singer Syndrome. I heard the interview, and I was like man, this girl's got, this girl's got a cool story. Like I just, her, her perspective on things because, uh, Versa Merge wasn't a band that I was incredibly, you know, like excited about or privy to in regards to, you know, like working with them. Like they just existed in the same environment that I did the sort of, you know, early two thousands warp tour, um, environment. And, um, I, I just didn't really know what happened to them. And her story is awesome. And we get to the bottom of it. We go even deeper. So if you randomly listen to uh, Shane's interview, you can go back and add some more context there. Um, because I am diving even deeper into her story and, uh, we get pretty philosophical and I ask questions that I, I can tell that she really hasn't been, um, I guess posed in that way before. So it was super fun and she is awesome. I really enjoyed the conversation with her. So let's get some some plugs out of the way and plugs. Sometimes there's a negative connotation to plugs, right? But that's not what, how I view it. I view it as I'm trying to let you know about cool stuff. And that cool stuff is an awesome website called no echo. So go visit them at noecho.net. And if you are into punk, hardcore, anything heavy, they have the cool stuff. Like they just do really awesome features and really, really in-depth interviews. Um, that, you know, from people who may not have been spoken to in a similar fashion as what I do here, who may not have been spoken to for years and years and years because maybe they were in a very, you know, tiny but influential hardcore band. Um, and I just, I love that. They also do record collector spotlights. They do photographer spotlights. I just love the stuff that Carlos does over there. And you can tell it's coming from a very true space, you know? He's just doing this because he loves it, you know? It's not like, oh, cool, the hundreds of dollars that are rolling in from the advertising revenue or whatever. He just does this out of a, a need to contribute. And, uh, you know, frankly, that's why I like the site and that's exactly what we, why I do the show here. So whenever I find kindred spirits, I want to make sure that everybody knows about that. So noecho.net, rad partners, check out their site. 
and um, Jabberjaw Media. Please go listen to their podcasts. They have a bunch of great stuff, and I really enjoy that. I also want to give a little love and highlight a particular show, not on Jabberjaw. This is actually tangential to the Jabberjaw Network, but a friend of mine, Ryan Downey, he does a great podcast called uh, no gift from God. Oh my gosh. I'm told, isn't that sad? I was going to give this a nice organic plug, but now I actually no prize from God. Okay. No prize from God. You can find that on any podcast catcher, Apple podcast, whatever the case may be. But, um, a lot of you gave me really, really positive feedback. Uh, the past couple episodes, um, especially the Jake from Gideon podcast, for those of you that, uh, have always been, you know, kind of on the search for, you know, faith, spirituality, that sort of stuff. And uh, this podcast gives it to you in spades. So please, no prize from God. You can find it. He's had he's only put up maybe six or seven episodes, but they're really, really fun stuff and really introspective, insightful, just a, a discussion about spirituality from people, you know, who may self-identify as Christian or who are completely against the idea of organized religion. It's uh, it's awesome. So check that out. And uh, yeah, that's all. That's all. My, my plug closet is uh, is now empty. <laughs> but Sierra. We uh, we hooked up uh, over Skype one afternoon, and uh, her new band No is really really good. It has that whole sort of shoegazy, you know, nothing title fight like that sort of vibe going on. I really really wholeheartedly endorse the record. A friend of mine, Julio, put it out on the Native Sound. You can pre-order it right now if I'm not mistaken. It comes out in October. Um, but yeah, check it out because it's a really 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 good record. I was uh, thoroughly impressed with the work that they're doing over there. So, yes, yeah, Yara. She's just rad. I'm just going to let this conversation do the talking because that's why you came here in the first place, not to hear me talk about the conversation. But I will talk to you after the episode is, is over. And please stick around because for those of you that just bail out immediately after the uh, interview is over, you are missing out on the next week's guest. So please stick around and I'll talk to you after the episode is over. Traveled the same circles, but just never back. Um, I I was working like when Versa Merge started to you know kind of pop off and be you know a thing. Uh, I was work- I was working at a record label called Century Media Records, which is you know predominantly like metal hardcore stuff. Um, yes. So like you know I but I paid attention to everything else that was happening in the industry, and it always felt like you know your uh, your guys' arrival to the quote unquote scene, you know burned really bright and then you know it was kind of a, a quiet fade out where it was like oh yeah first record hit and then second record and then you know it kind of the the trajectory obviously has happened before um but you know since you were so young and you know thrust up into this uh you know <laughs> this world was it uh was it weird that you were you know trying to say and this i apologize this is a really deep question <laughs> right off the bat but no, go for it. was it you know, was it difficult to kind of find yourself as you were, you know, being a public figure as all, you know, as well as being like, well, I'm, I'm a child. I don't know what I'm doing at the same time as also expressing myself artistically. You know, how did that, uh, I guess, kind of all transpire? Oh, um, well, it was definitely odd, definitely weird. But at the time, like I'm a very like in the moment person 
and where I am and what's happening around me is the most important thing at that moment. So it was a little hard to, as a child, yes, I was a fucking child to essentially like think forward and think, Hmm, what's my future going to look like, um, with all this surrounding me. And yeah, it was really, it was really hard to what, like, even just figure out what, what, what's the direction? Like, what do I stand for? What am I about? Like all of a sudden I have these, uh, you know, fans, uh, telling me that I'm like saving their lives and helping them. I'm like, Holy shit, this role is bigger than I ever imagined. Like, how am I supposed to help people if I'm kind of lost myself? Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, I guess I kind of took that and was like, Hey, I don't know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) Um, really confused too and I'm lost and like I don't know how to really navigate through the world um that well and I guess I kind of made that like my message so it helped other um people Mm -hmm. Uh, but I mean really the past three years you know you said Versa was a slow fade out it was a slow fade out because um it was like like intuition is really real. <laughs> it's how I like found the band. It's how I got anywhere. Mm-hmm. And intuition was telling me to like back off. Like my body was forcing me to leave and stop working on this music and do something else. Cause it's not working anymore. And that was really hard to come to terms with. Cause I didn't want to believe it. And now for the past few years that I, I, you know, I kind of stepped away have done my own thing. And now like as a 26 year old, do I feel like I actually, you know who I am. So the past three years, four years actually, I've been leaving that when I was really young, not knowing what was going on and trying to figure out who I am and discover that. Cause it, it surely scrambled everything up to be <laughs> like, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, just like on tour right. constantly and surrounded by men and boys. And, um, it's really hard to, find your voice and all that <laughs> yeah that, um, so no, I, it was really difficult no i i i i uh i i empathize with that i mean not because uh, i was in the same position but i in any respects like no matter what level of quote-unquote success or notoriety you've achieved even if it's like on a local band level where you know you could draw 200 kids in your own town there is that um, it know, still feels as good. <laughs> it, it does, but then it it also brings, like you said, that weird baggage of you know people looking up to you as being some sort of you know uh, some some wizard and sage like advice being able to you know be espoused from you when you're just like, dude, I'm like literally two years older than you, and I don't know, <laughs> I like I don't know anything, you know. But there's there's that disconnect where it's like you know enough to get on stage, but not enough to you know exist in the world otherwise. It's hard. Yeah, I guess I like I was it led me to try to make meaning in every little thing. I was trying to find like such a bigger purpose in myself and it kind of drove me fucking insane. <laughs> and um and now I think I like now I feel like it's easier to step back and be like I'm not any type of savior or even a good role model by that, you know, <laughs> by any means. Um, I try to be, but I think all I can offer is um like what I have to give and the only thing I want to give is I want to write songs and I want to sing them and I want to play rowdy ass shows and connect with people. And if that's going to help, you know, I don't need to know why I don't need to know why I'm just going to do it. And hopefully it makes for the best. Yeah. And I do, I I do like the point that you made too, where, 
you know, when you are when you are that age, you know, between fourteen to twenty years old, you don't have the perspective at all besides what you're existing in in the moment. You know, there's very little consideration that's paid for the future. You're just like, wow, this is cool. I'm going to do this. You know, so there is that, I guess, protection of not having to worry about the future because you are so involved in the moment. Yeah, I'm still wondering if I should be worrying about the future. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, such a really, the world is weird and, you know, there's too many, too many different kinds of existence to exist in and it's just deciding which one you want to sit in and, and you know, delve into to make yourself happy. Right. But when you're younger, it's, and, and everything was so exciting. Um, you know, all I knew is I wanted to tour. That's all I wanted to do. I was like, I want to tour. I want to be in a band. I want to play shows every night. And I want to see the kids in every single major city, even the Bodunk cities. I just want to go and I want to see it all. And I want to touch it with my hands and I want to, I want to feel it. And, you know, just curiosity to times a hundred. And that's all I wanted to do. And doing it like made me, really happy and, and awesome, but also kind of like very, very lost at the same time. So I, I'm glad that I got to take some time off and really like grow up as an actual human. Right. Yeah, exactly. I wonder, I, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, you know, I met all these dudes when I was like a youngin on tour and stuff. And some of them haven't stopped like, or taken a break or, you know, they've just kept going and, um, you know, I wonder what that might be like, uh, how that could be bad and good, you know, both ways. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I often, um, you know, I there's an anecdotal story I heard um, in regard. Are you familiar with that band Mastodon or have at least heard their name? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, I just remember like, you know, because I mean, Mastodon is, you know, ostensibly one of the you know larger bands in independent rock or whatever what you call it. But I just remember it was like at, on their, you know, uh, ascent up. It was one of those things where I think even after they had signed their first, you know, major record deal uh, with, I think, Warner Brothers, it was like the you know one of the it was either the guitarist i can't remember who in the band but basically like in between tours you know would come back home and like work at you know his local bagel shop a job that he had for years that allowed him to tour and i always the answer that he gave was like you know it, it connects me to the world that all of us exist in which you know gives us the experience that we have in order to you know be creative and write songs and do everything that um it, that it takes to be an artist you know and i do to your point I do think there is something that gets a little lost when you are on that perpetual motion machine of every 18 to 24 months, I got to release a record because like you're just you're not connected to the world at all. You're just living in this alternate universe of a touring musician. Absolutely. And it's it's so I realized how important it is to be connected to the world because you're you're in this bubble and you are going from Walmarts to flying J's to parking lots to venues to people's houses to interviews to you know this this uh this cycle and by the time we went in for our next record like there was only so many things I could I had to write you know (laughs) I found myself like really blocked and I was like well what am I going to fucking talk about? Like touring? Like, <laughs> totally. Like, what, can I, what can I sing about now? You know, when you're writing everything straight out of high school, you're full of it, you know? And, um, I think that's where like we started taking the breaks. I was like, um, I'm a little uninspired. I have, I don't know what I've seen 
um, or like felt to, to know how to portray it into something like a song. Um, and so I think that's super important. I think that's fucking awesome too that he went back to his bagel shop. Yeah. Like it's very humbling and and like real and yeah. sometimes you forget and and sometimes you can uh, feel a little self important when you're touring constantly and things are meant and made for you and for your accommodation. Yeah. Oh no, totally. It's definitely it's something that's easy to get used to and then kind of expect it and then when it's taken away, you know, that that's where the, you know, diva mentality can kind of creep in, but if you <laughs> but if you still have the connection to doing something on your own or if that's the world that you are bred in, you know, where it's like, you know, if a band takes a normal trajectory of like, oh, you know, you know, playing local shows and booking their own tours and like having that that uh connective tissue there will be that way as a band ascends you know they could be the most popular band in the world and you know the bass player would still be like yeah i have a tech but like i still need to set up my bass equipment like or i still need to you know like i gotta have that otherwise i feel like i'm not even you know i'm just this like this royalty which doesn't feel real you're just like a floating body who gets on stage and yeah you just do it it can seem a little mundane um i can, and i you can see that like a lot of people get really depressed on tour um it's like really common and i don't think it's like brought up enough or like um ha- has been talked about enough to like be dealt with and like especially between band mates and members and other bands being like hey on tour like i'm really bored and depressed like how can we fix that sure. um so i think it's important to like get off and like do things and find other hobbies like when, when we stopped touring i had a mental fucking breakdown i was like what what do i do like <laughs> right um i have like no high school education i think like, i don't have any fallback um i, I there's no plan so i kind of just like paced around for a while and um and then I was like, fuck it, I- I'm going to get a job. It seems like fun. I've never, I've literally never had a job. I left high school straight to the band and never really did that phase. Mm-hmm. So I went and got a job and they were like, you need a, I just walked in there. I was like, can I have a job? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> they're like, do you have a resume? And I was like, um. I've heard of that. <laughs> I, uh, they're like, if you could make us a resume, that'd be a lot easier for us. So I went home and I was like, mom, how do I resume? And, uh, we just had to like, I didn't make up anything, but it was literally just like three things like in a band, <laughs> like a lot of human experience, good with people, I guess, like just this bogus thing. And I had like three things to list and I spaced them out really far to fill the page. Right. Um, yeah. So that was crazy. And they hired me just cause they like needed people really. What did you, um, what, what was that job that you were walking into? <laughs> It was a, a beer bar, like a craft beer bar. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Besides, like, singing, another love of mine is craft beer. So I was like, well, I'm going to not do something I hate. Yeah. And they, like, I had to go to, like, a two-week beer school, and I got to learn a lot. And um, it was actually really cool at first. And then I realized that there is, a there is like, <laughs> an authority, like, complex happening constantly, and people want to be mean and I didn't just, I didn't get it. So I, I left that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I, I just like, I mean, I, I like that you put yourself through that uh, exercise and experience to where it's like, okay, like now I know what that's like to, you know, get a job and resume, as you said, 
but then also it also helped me realize that uh, I need to f- heal and like fix and, and like get my shit together and do music again because I don't want to do this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It can it can put everything in perspective. Um, yeah, kind of, uh, you know, a, a lot of, you know, your, your upbringing in Florida and all that stuff has been kind of, you know, covered in many different capacities. Um, the, the only thing I really wanted to ask you about that was, you know, Florida is, is such a weird state. It's so bizarre, um, in, in regards to, um, just how significantly, significantly different each sort of major city is from, you know, Orlando to, you know, Gainesville, St. Petersburg, everything else. And like when you're touring and you start to tour down to Florida, um, it, it's a, you, like, you feel like you're never, you're never going to come back from it because it's, you know, especially if you, especially if you travel to South Florida, it's just like, oh my gosh, we drove down this far and we got to go the same exact way back up or whatever. Um, like what's your, you know, how does Florida sit in your own head? Like you, you know, I, I'm sure there's fond memories of it, but, um, you know, do you recognize the, the weirdness of Florida as well? I love the weirdness of Florida. I love Florida so much. Good. Um, like most people are like, ah, oh, fuck that place. But I mean, growing up, I was like, I want to see everywhere else. I want to see everywhere else. And then when I did see everywhere else, I went back to Florida and I was like, yo, this is like my personal little paradise. It's it's got a lot of like I feel free there if that makes sense um sure as far as like the the scene was really cool growing up and everybody's kind of in vacation mode I'm kind of in vacation mode constantly as well um it gives it, it gave me a sense of ease I guess um growing up I grew up right on the water like right across the street from the beach like I lived in the water and um it was just always fun and it brings fond memories. But I, what I like about it is that it's like just trashy, but also like really nice and big money at the same time, but not in like a, not in like an urban city way, like in a more naturistic way. Like you could leave St. Pete, which is like super nice. And then you could be like going North a little bit and you're on freshwater Springs, which is a bunch of fucking rednecks who are like, Hey, you want a bud? We're catching gators over here. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this is great. I like that aspect of it. Um, but you know, what's funny is when we, when Verso was playing shows there, like there is rarely hometown love. Like there was hometown love from the East coast, but like from my specific hometown, like not really which I found kind of bizarre and sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that, that it, I, I can see where certain, yeah, certain cities embrace just certain styles of music. And that's kind of like, you know, this is a hardcore town or this is a punk town or this is a pop punk town. And then, you know, if yeah. you're, if you play a different genre, you're kind of on the outside looking in. Very much so. But I, recently I did like a little road trip all over Florida just to like see everything and like the freshwater springs are like the fucking best and then there's random little towns like cedar key which is just like this ghost fishing town but like with little gems inside of it and all the way down like the keys are real weird and funky i just i love every bit of it all the way up to jacksonville where you have like these nature parks with like fallen trees going into the water that you can just climb over and suspend on the shore like with them there's like just a lot of fun there (laughs) no that's cool I i like how you yeah you're you're able to speak from that experience and you've you know clearly seen a lot of the uh world as well you're you're able to temper that and be like yeah florida is still rad <laughs> yeah except for the meth yeah well you know that uh, every area has its downfall <laughs> 
Support for today's show comes from Audible. Audible content includes a ridiculously awesome selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, and business information providers. So check this out. It's not like a streaming or rental service. With Audible, you own your own books, so you can access them anytime, anywhere, from almost any device, including iPhone, iPad, Android, Amazon Fire tablets, or a Windows phone. Plus, they have the great listen guarantee. So if you listen to something, you're about halfway through, you're like, yo, I'm not into this, you can swap it for a new one. And they also have Audible channels, which gives you a collection of exclusive originals, short stories, and comedy. So you always have something new to listen to. I've been devouring a book recently that is on Audible that I think you would love and you should check out. It's called Kanye West Owes Me $300. It's by the author Jensen Karp, and he also does a majority of the reading. Uh, there's another guy, Chris O'Donnell, Chris McDonald. Yeah, sorry if I'm butchering your name, Chris, but shout out to you anyways. But the book is awesome. Basically, it's about Jensen and his journey through rap stardom because in the uh, was late 90s, early 2000s, he was uh, almost going to be a huge star. And um, yeah, then it uh, shifted. And the book is really, really engaging. So you, as a music consumer, would love this book. And so please, I'm going to give this to you. So get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial at audible.com slash 100 words. That's the number 100 words. And please, I'm giving this to you. This is this is a gift from me to you and, and a gift from Audible as well. But I love Audible. I could not endorse this product enough. And your, your life will become better because of it. Trust me. But go to audible.com slash 100 words, 100 W-O-R-D-S for a free audiobook with your 30-day trial. So try it out. Like it. Love it. And your life is enhanced. All right. Now on with the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, and so you know, it sounds like uh, from previous you know interviews that I, I've read and listened to, where your uh, your exposure to music you know was very typical of kind of a you know suburb kid I'll I'll call it where it's like you know you get exposed to the radio and you start to pick out bands that you like from that and then, you know MTV kind of peppers stuff in there. Um, mm-hmm. You know how how did you get I guess you know more uh, incorporated into uh, like you were actually talking about earlier you know the the sweaty rooms and like the sort of independent. Uh, show scene where it's like, oh wow, like I can go to this, you know, local VFW hall and see, you know, 50 people packed in to, you know, watch this band. Like, how did that kind of infiltrate your life? Well, um, I was, I was like, my sister was like a punk chick. Um, so I kind of, she's older than me, four years older than me, and I kind of like followed her. Like, we were at a Christian school and she was like the only goth chick there. Like, she's just always been alternative and nice. finding music and, you know, feeling different from other people. Um, where I was like into, like, I was into what my mom liked, which was like the cardigans and, um, you know, garbage and Madonna and, and Bjork and stuff like that. So we were kind of in separate worlds. But when I started getting closer to high school and to middle school, I like was like, Cheyenne, what are you listening to? I think you're so cool. Like I just was really into her. Um, this, she was like punk as fuck. She had like this blue mohawk and cut up subhuman shirts and studded belts. And I'm in like voice lessons. And I'm like, I am not as cool as my sister. So right. I was I was like, um, can you take me? I want to go to shows. Like what's up. And, um, 
I was like stealing CDs out of her car, burned CDs. And it was like the addicts and like leftover crack and like these super, um, punk bands. And I liked it, but I was, I knew that like, I'm like, this isn't my shit. Like this isn't my vibe, but I love it. And she took me to a show and it was so fucking energetic and crazy and um you know this guy's on stage he's hanging off all over people and they're grabbing the mic and and like I'm a very hyper person I was a hyper hyper ass kid and now I'm just like a kind of hyper person and like that energy like bottles out of my fucking body like I didn't I just had to be in the crowd and I like swarmed off in there and I was like, this is what I have to do. Yes, this is for me. This is everything I need. This is it. This is it. And uh, then I started going to more shows. I didn't even know the bands. I was just like, I got to go to them. I got to feel that, like, energy. And um, then a few bands started sticking out. Um, um, and it, it was more like in the emo world. Like, I really, like, Sayosin, I saw them. And it was um, obviously not with uh, Anthony, Anthony Greener. Yeah, not with Anthony, but... Um, yeah, I saw Sayosin and then I got a hold of like the EP and I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I love this. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of went from there into all those bands. And of course, like, you know, Circa and, and like a few other things that are kind of embarrassing to mention now. <laughs> um, no way. Nothing, nothing, nothing is off limits or embarrassing from that perspective. <laughs> I was young and just like wanted to hear men screaming, I guess. Um, <laughs> Well, I think I think too. This is something I was actually having a discussion with a friend at lunch today, and I love, I love the innocence of you know when you first start to get into music, um, you know, music that you feel like is your own, like what you're talking about, where devoid of context, you're listening to these bands. You know, you don't know that they're a part of a scene. You just like like it. You know that maybe the bands are related because they play together or tour together on the same record label or whatever. But you're just listening to the music for really for music's sake you know it's like yeah you like you know screaming dudes like talking about their feelings but <laughs> but that that's like it like you don't really know anything beyond that so you you know you don't know if it's cool or not cool and i use that in air quotes so i always love i love to hear those those like i said those specific stories of like yeah i like this band and this band and like even though those two bands didn't make sense together uh i liked them <laughs> yeah pretty pretty much like you, when when I was younger, I was just like, this is different. I haven't heard this. Um, you know, I've been listening to females. At, uh, like, fem- I really loved pop music growing up. I was such a huge pop fan. And I felt like I've been listening to females for a long time. And I was starting to feel like I was unwanted by boys. And I was, and I thought, so in my perspective, I was like, boys are really cool. And I wanted to listen to them and I wanted to hear them and I wanted to be them. I wanted to be just like them. So I started going to all these shows and was huge fans of, of screamy emo bands. Um, but then like it kind of find its way around. I would hear like, you know, modern life is war. And I was like, Oh, this is still has, has that like punk vibe that I really like that hardcore, like punk that I, my sister kind of is into or, you know, dabbles around. So I kind of like, you know, had a bunch of it picked out and, and around and um yeah i just wanted to be like a boy (laughs) and that's the kind of music i listened to and then that's kind of how i got to where i was it was like i have to be in a band i have to do that sure i also like to the um you know a lot of people speak about the you know energy when they first start to go to shows and see all the you know chaos that can happen with stage dives and sing-alongs and mosh pits and everything um but it seemed like you really personally keyed into that 
that nature of being, you know, really energetic and, and spastic, like you said, you were as a kid. Um, <clears throat> you know, how, <clears throat> excuse me, how did that kind of uh, manifest itself, you know, in performing, you know, live? Because, you know, Versa, you know, was, was getting pushed on to, um, you know, be a more mainstream band. And, you know, when you do cross over into the world of being like, you know, you can't, you yourself can't be this like babbling mess that's like, you know, drooling over yourself and, you know, rolling around on stage. There's a, a, a sense of kind of containing the chaos. But, um, you know, how did that kind of uh, strike in your own head of being like, oh, yeah, like, Sierra, maybe I, I can't be as crazy as I want to be or whatever on stage? Yeah, that's why it didn't fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's why it didn't work. Um, yeah, man, like, I, I, I can't, like, contain that in me. Uh, I don't I don't see why anybody should have to. Um, like, when I was going to shows and I was seeing that energy, that's, like, what I've always wanted to do. And I've, I, like, I was, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I was kind of a big theater nerd. I was in voice lessons and, like, dance class, like, constantly. And dance class was the only place I could be, like, really and like use my body and move everything and it was the only thing that made me feel better because my my kind of energetic ways were getting me in trouble and making me frustrated and like literally I felt like a fireball like constantly just like a chaos person um so naturally helps so when I got onto stage and I could move like that and when I can put out my energy it's infective like everybody else starts being energetic and like that's special and I don't think there should be a reason to contain it unless it's called for. Like, I'm not going to go up there and sing a slow song and like fucking freak out. Um, obviously, but definitely when Versa was, you know, rising and stuff, like there were so many, I want to say rules, but like a lot of people were like, Hey, like, how can we approach her in a way that we want her to do what we want her to do and not what she wants to do? So I was told, like, maybe you should, like, always wear shoes on stage. Maybe you shouldn't jump off at these venues. Maybe you shouldn't, like, hit yourself in the head with a microphone because on this live, like, blah, all these rules. And I'm just like, I can't fucking hear it, man. I'm like, I'm a kid and, like, I'm here to cause chaos and make people feel good or make myself feel good um so containing it is not an option yeah no i I, it totally makes sense because i you know i i've been on the opposite side of where you are in regards to working at a record label and then having to sort of tactfully approach the way that um you know you have to address a person who you get where they're coming from because, you know, maybe you've played in bands yourself or whatever, but then having to be like, oh yeah, in order for you to be like, you know, whatever, we're presentable, successful, whatever adjective you want to put in there, it's like, you got to harness this, this energy somehow. But then, yeah, there are many times where it's just like, well, the, that energy is kind of why a lot of people like this band. So we can't, you know, you can't manage that too much, you know? Yeah. That's what I was, I remember there was this time they were, they were telling me to chill out and like take, take more breaths or I think that like somebody was just being like, Hey, like it sounds like you're out of breath when you sang that note. And I'm like, no, no fucking kidding, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm out of breath the whole time I'm up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I was, and you know, I was, I was so impressionable and I think I was like made to believe at some point that I like sucked at like doing my job and I would like 
go on, look at videos from every past show and be like, okay, okay, what is it that I'm doing that they're thinking is bad? Like, and you know, make my, it, all it did was cause when you're working with someone who has a specific way of thinking and a way of like walking through the world, you can slowly adjust, but you can't fuck with their system or you're going to mess it all up. And, you know, there's definitely points on tour where it was just like, how do we contain Sierra? And it fucked me all up rather than just being like, you know, Hey, how can we like help you to maybe do this and that? Um, and I, I get it, especially if you've worked at a label, I'm sure you've had to tell some people to chill out. But I guess I've always felt like I've been respectful. Like, okay, yes, there's a few venues that are like absolutely no stage diving and I'm stage diving. So fucking sue me, okay? Like, it, we'll, we'll get past this. Um, but like, you know, I'm not trying to be super disrespectful or cause anybody harm, um, which I hope is the difference of telling other people they have to chill out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a really weird thing to, like, do and, and and walk through. And, like, I mean, I can't lie. It's not easy to be this way. <laughs> Sometimes it's just how you are. And you can suppress it and, and like, go crazy. Or you, can, or you can, like, join a band and, like, get it out of your system. Yeah. Isn't it funny that you're doing the thing that makes you feel free? And then people are like, um, can we can can we not make it as free, please? <laughs> right. Yeah. There's some way that we need to make this a little more manageable for ourselves. <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad for every tour manager I've ever had. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I, I mean, I, I, I can imagine where it's like you're, you know, you're this, this, this ball of energy that uh, has to be um you know thrust on stage and you know do your thing but at the same time you know you have all of these like you know you're uncomfortable in your own skin you're trying to figure out who you are like there's yeah i don't like you said i don't envy any of the jobs of, of those people being like oh, sierra hey uh, come over here and like let's decompress you're like no i don't want to do that right now <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. It was like, see, we have to get on stage. Let's get on stage. I remember one tour manager. He was like new, and I like found it very funny to fuck with him. And uh, he's like, see, we need to be on stage right now. And he's like, I'm walking down the stairs with him. But then I bolt and run and like jump in an elevator. And just as the doors are com- coming, running, or as he's running, the doors are closing. And I'm just like, ah! and I think I caused him like a serious mental like breakdown um and he was still looking for me and i was already on stage and like first i started you know (laughs) i was already there waving to him i was like i'm here like i don't know i I feel like (laughs) a lot of people probably don't like to play with me i'm i'm maybe bite too much but i just want to like games and have fun and then off like it's not even when i get off stage i'm even more like "Ah!" (laughs) and uh all my all my torrents are always like, okay, it's time to go to bed. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm wired, and yeah. <laughs> go get into some crazy trouble, something or rather. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, something uh, something else that I always found interesting, especially around the the time where, um, you know, the no matter what, the idea of females playing in bands, if, even though it's existed for obviously many many years there's always that you know novelty element where it's like oh it's a girl singer or a girl guitarist even though we're supposed to live in a independent music minded world that you know we're, we're supposed to be more tolerant of all of those things 
Um, oh, is that what they're saying? <laughs> well, I, like, I, yes, I, I would like I would like to believe that there's more of an openness, and like that obviously shouldn't be a thing that the girls in the band. But because of that, there's also that uh, the business pressure of there, there's there's really very few models that exist in which a band with a female uh, lead singer can't immediately be put in like one of two buckets where it's like, all right. This band is going to be needs to be the next Paramore, or this band needs to be the next No Doubt. You know, it's like there's like only like, and I just see that happening time and time again, where it's like it's difficult for you know a band like you guys to, I guess, kind of step out on your own, where it's like, well, we don't have to be you know one of those two options or one of three options. Um, was that a constant kind of, I don't know, s- struggle or a conversation, or did you kind of just try to ignore it? Um, it was definitely a constant struggle, but. Um good album um it was definitely constant struggle but it was something that i also tried to ignore in a way like i didn't want to sit there and deny 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 no i'm not this no i'm not this no i'm not this it was more like i'm just gonna be this and hopefully if you get it if you don't get it and forget it um that was my kind of way about it because we were constantly like oh you're like a harder paramour or you're like a wackier paramour or you're like a cooler evanescence <laughs> like that was basically yeah that's true and when people said evanescence i was like okay you clearly don't fucking get it <laughs> like yeah that was the only frustration um but yeah that was our way of going about it it was if there's no lane for us then we'll just be our own little crew in our own little niche i guess um you know it, it, it's it's definitely hard and it felt like i couldn't be something special um, trust me, I felt special, no worries. But <laughs> I, it, it was definitely a little difficult. It was harder to get tours. It was hard to get on tours that we felt like would work better for us. Um, we were always just the odd men out in like the weird scene world, the Fueled by Ramen world. I mean, Fueled by didn't even know what to do with us. They liked us, they got it, but like you know, it, it was such a confusing thing, and nobody knew what they wanted me to be. Like I remember going to like music video shoots or photo shoots and people are doing my makeup and they're like so are we doing like a gothy look or are you more like i'm like no what i'm fucking what (laughs) like why do i have to have a look why do i have to have this why have that i'm just a a me and i'm i'm a i'm a girl uh you know i'm just singing songs the way i like to sing them i I don't understand what has to be a certain like gimmick for me like why do i have to have like this gimmick so i can fit into what other paths females have carved um perhaps i could carve my own path is that possible and lots of females do but you know like we mentioned before when you're so young and you don't have a perspective and you're kind of just getting pushed around and tossed and people are saying this is your this is in your best interest and this is it in your best interest it's kind of hard to just sit and be like no (laughs) i don't like i don't like that (laughs) you know yeah you don't have i definitely didn't have any of that authority and especially as a female like oh sears little the little girl in the band like she can really sing and she's talented and she's great with people but you know she doesn't need to know any of the business details you know like yeah shit like no, no, for sure. Not to interrupt your train of thought, but I, that, that was the exact next question I was going to ask where, um, you know, as a band gets surrounded by, you know, managers and booking agents and, um, you know, that, 
while it's relieving in some sense because you know you don't have to handle things that you either don't know about or um, you just simply don't care about like did you have a desire to participate in kind of the business side of things or were you more glad that a lot of that stuff was sort of you know pushed off on on other people um, but you felt like you could have a voice in certain things like where where was your head at as you were experiencing that well at first I I didn't care I, I trusted the people around me a lot. And also it was like my guitar player's job. Like he would, my drummer, like my, our first drummer, like kind of took care of all that stuff and the guitar player. And then we, when we got a manager and booking agent, it was people that we really loved and trusted. So I trusted that. And, you know, I was, they, then they said, you know, focus on what you do, focus on your job. And I was like, Hey, that, that's fucking true. I will. So I focused on that, like trying to be a better singer, trying to write better songs, trying to, you know, perform better, just these little things. And it sucks if I would have to like in between that, try to manage every little thing. But then later as the years went by, I was like, can I, what's going on? I was like, I don't know anything. Like, and every time I tried to ask or get into it, it was like, don't, don't worry about it. That's what, that's what we're here for. So like in a way, like kind of the downfall of Versa was just so much middlemanning and like not enough communication between people. And he said, she said, like bullshit. It, it's. I think now it's really important. I would never not go into something without being on that side of it ever. But yeah. then I was definitely brushed away as to not worry about it. You're you're just this young girl, and basically, like you're kind of only here because like you can sing <laughs> that's yeah. how it feels sometimes sure no i could completely understand that just i mean due to you know frankly the age and the the idea that people around you knew much better and you were you know the, the quote-unquote talent and that was the role you filled and everything else was you know was was not your problem <laughs> yeah not my problem until later <laughs> yeah no totally <laughs> um <laughs> And so I know that you mentioned, like, you know, you dropped out of high school to, you know, Versa, like that's, you know, been well documented. Um, was there, and then, you know, after you started to, you know, ramp down with the activities with Versa, and like you said, your instincts were guiding you elsewhere, um, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, craft beer was something you're interested. Did you find any kind of other, you know, paths in your own head where it's like, hey, this could be, like, fun to do, either, you know, from a career perspective or just, like, you know, the sort of, like, real-world connectivity that we were talking about earlier. Did you see anything, like, either when you were in school or as you were doing the band, like, that sort of stuff creep into your head? Oh, man, I've been thinking about this for so long. Yeah. um, You know, I have things that I like. I really like taking pictures. Um, I like traveling. Traveling is my all-time favorite thing in the fucking world. Um... I've kind of made that a, a huge hobby. Um, like I was in theater for a long time. I was like, maybe I'll like fucking get into acting or try out some, for some stuff, but I'm so far out of the game. And you know, there's these little things that I like, but honestly, since like the first like thought when someone was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? There was no question. It was like a singer, a singer. Like I, want to sing like that's all I want to do and it's the only thing that really makes me happy and you know these past like three four years of you know getting out of touring to it has been me trying to figure out what else can I do 
Like, what else can I do to actually lead me a normal life, maybe with something with income and security and stability? And, you know, going down that rabbit hole is fucking terrifying and depressing and has gotten me to some dark places. And I just keep coming back to, I, I want to sing really, really bad. I just want to sing. And, um, you know, some... <laughs> I feel like there's a few other things that I have reached. I'm like, I would be good at that, mm-hmm. but it's just not in my guts to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, there are certain things where it's like, yo, I would kill it being a data analyst because I love Excel, but then you're like, but <laughs> but do I want to do that? I'm not saying for you as an example, but just like that. that yeah, but that, that idea. I'm jealous. I'm really envious of people that, that, that can do that. Like, my buddy Clint, uh, Reign Supreme, maybe you don't like, he's a fucking like insane, like insanely awesome teacher. Uh, what does he teach? Like something super sciencey and smart. And I am, I don't work. That's like not how my brain's programmed. That doesn't work for me. So anything that I do is going to have to be a little more dumbed down. Um, so I, and like, I have a few friends and bands that are like either teachers or like they do smart excel shit i don't even know like that just uh you know what i'd like to be i'd like to be like a park ranger and that's gonna take school and stuff but or like seasonal odd jobs that's always like a back plan for me just like whitewater rafting in the summer and then like snow dog sledding in the winter (laughs) i would be a very content happy human doing that got got it Uh, the uh well actually this connects to a question i was going to ask a little bit later in regards to i mean forgive me for lurking your instagram but like you 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 straight up like you do you live in a van like you have no permanent address or is it one of those things that you have the van to you know travel for for extended periods of time like how does that uh, how does that all work itself out yeah no i live in my van it's a vw eurovan nice um i got it in february um, and I've been traveling in it since April, so it's actually still kind of fresh for me. I was I was living in Brooklyn, and then like living back in Florida, and then lived back in Brooklyn. And <clears throat> excuse me, you're fine. And um, and I just like can't stop moving. And I'm in this apartment, and I get I get real sad to say the least. I just I get real sad when I'm stuck somewhere and like paying way too much money, like to be in a city that drinks too much and you know it's like a lot of triggering aspects for me um so i had to pull away to gain gain first like solitude and and also just like get in the right mindset and i'm way much happier in nature and i'm way much happier traveling and you know once you tour for so long you got friends everywhere so it's kind of become get the van and bounce around and that's what i've been doing and you know sleeping in random towns and cool little parks by mountains and rivers and um yeah but I I go back and forth from Florida to New York and now I've been going back and forth from Asheville to Florida to New York okay that's awesome so yeah I mean it's a it's a very uh I mean I know this this word is is maybe cheesy and outdated but a a very bohemian lifestyle nomadic (laughs) nomadic as well yes yes hashtag van life yeah (laughs) Exactly, exactly. <laughs> which I mean, which is cool because it, it, you know, you so many people, 
you know, talk and aspire to these things of just like, oh, I'd love to travel more. But like, you know, a person takes like, you know, one one week vacation a year and that's like all the traveling they do. Um, that makes me so sad. No, I know. But I mean, a lot of people like they like the idea of it. But then when it comes to executing it, like they either can't pull it off or whatever. So like I just really, uh, you know, I appreciate people like you where um, you're just, you know, like, well, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And like, whether or not it's, you know, practical or good or whatever, that's, that's irrelevant. I just, this is what, this is where I'm happiest. So I'm going to go ahead and pursue that. Yeah. And I, I've been really lucky and, um, to, to be able to do it. it it's, it honestly, it, it's kind of like, a, I think subconsciously I'm like, well, this is all I know from like traveling in a van for, you know, eight odd years and I'm happy being in it. I, and it's like kind of like it, I only got it in February, but like I, I think I've mentioned this enough. But for the past few years since I've taken off touring and left Versa and kind of just like done my own thing to grow, um, a lot of healing needed to happen that I kind of didn't know about. Like some traumatic experiences, kind of getting out of this rut of being like, you know, a worthless female in the music industry just like some real dark shit and when I got in the van and started driving and was had like a lot of alone time to think and be by myself like it was the first time I kind of felt calm and um you know had had the capacity to chill and actually like gather my thoughts and like get through some shit so the van's kind of saved me in a way and um I love it so much and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like been the perfect little house for me. Yeah, it's your it, it's your space, and that's a uh, yeah, that's that, that's what everybody needs their space, whatever that may mean. Whether it's yeah. you know their home office where they just listen to records, or whether it's you know some some other thing, they need to have that space in order to be themselves. Because yeah, it's it's, it's important. Yeah, exactly. You said you're in Southern California. I am. Where at? Orange County. So like nice. uh, Newport Newport Beach to be specific. See, that's that's where I want to be. I want to be in California. You should be. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I I I did the same thing as you and traveled in bands for a while and you know saw the countries and I just I'm like yeah. Every time I come back home, I'm just like not only does it feel like home, but it's like yeah, it's Southern California. It's amazing. Like <laughs> there's it you, is. You can't you can't beat it. You literally can't beat it. Wait, but where are you from? Uh, well, I was born in Vegas, but then moved out to, to like Orange County essentially when I was like seven or eight. So. Vegas. Yeah, weird, weird place to be born because no one's born there. Usually, people like retire there or travel there to obviously, you know, get debaucherous. But um, yeah, not, not, <laughs> not, not I. <laughs> I'm sure the baby ward in the hospital is pretty small. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, the hospital I was born in was yeah, relatively small. But yeah, it is. It, it's weird. Anytime I meet another person who was born in Vegas, it's definitely like, oh, dude, that's cool. Like you made you like. You know, I mean, not you made it out like I like I, <laughs> I led a dark life between the ages of zero and seven. But um, you were at the, the slot machines or the cigar. You're not <laughs> totally Par- <laughs> parents letting the uh, blackjack dealer babysit me. It's like, no, that's not that's not what's happening. <laughs> I have some like band friends that are actually living out there. I think that kind of like broke down there and just never left. And like housing was really cheap it, <laughs> or it, something. It, it totally is. It was, it's, I mean, it's still, yeah, even after the, uh, you know, economic downturn in 2008, it still like hasn't recovered fully. And there's definitely places that you can buy homes that are, you know, like $140,000 for something that's like really nice when you, you can't buy homes anywhere else for that sort of price. Hey, today's show is, I, oh man, I can't tell you how much I feel like I've made it as a podcaster because this 
sponsor is on board. And that is Casper. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress. It has supportive memory foam that creates an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And what's even more awesome is they give you 100 nights to sleep on this beautiful mattress, risk-free in your own home. If you don't like it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. They understand how important sleep is because you spend, like, what, one-third of your life on it? It's free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada, and they have over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars this is, this is just the internet's favorite mattress. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Now, Casper is extremely kind and is sending me a new mattress, and I cannot wait to lay my head on it. It is in route as we speak. And frankly, I've slept on a Casper mattress before, and I've been jealous of the Casper mattress ever since, of a friend of mine that had it. And I'm like, oh man, one of these days I will get one. One of these days. And now it just so happens, moving into a new house, perfect timing this all syncs up casper is the real deal and what i want to give you is a 50 dollars credit i wouldn't even call it credit i'm just giving you 50 dollars. put it in your pocket towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash words w-o-r-d-s and then using the offer code words terms and conditions apply as they always do but trust me casper is the real deal if you're even thinking about buying a new mattress dive in get 50 dollars off casper.com slash words and using the offer code words there you go enjoy a better sleep casper it's a real deal all right now on with the show like you mentioned uh, you know once you ramped down the touring and you started to you know give space to find yourself i i guess what um what specific things were you really uh, struggling with in regards to like you know were, was it depression anxiety were these things that were like actually like clinical diagnoses or these were just like you know you having freakouts that you know are still dramatic and uh, impactful um, but yeah like what were you kind of going through um definitely a lot of depression um feeling like you know feeling like the rug was pulled out from under me I mean which it was the rug was fucking pulled out from under me um as far as like being being with some people for so long and being in a band who is now your family um and then it all stopping so suddenly and everybody seemingly kind of giving up around you is like really shocking because you're like wait what this can't happen um so there was like just a lot of depression of abandonment like I felt really abandoned and I felt like I had there was no place for me you know there was no place for me earlier in my life and then I found a place and then it like crumbled apart so um a lot of depression and you know I had like a severe drinking problem which did not help that at all um I have major self-destruction issues um which I do like started like getting therapy for and shit like that um good you know yeah like it's just it's like uh it gets real when things are like changing and you have to like go with it so just a lot of sadness tons of self-destruction um uh a lot definitely anxiety like in my later years like I started getting panic attacks and I've never ever experienced that um also like kind of coming to terms with maybe some uncomfortable things that I dealt with like as a girl on tour which is a little harder to talk about and you know I I would never like go into details about it but 
being too young to understand that like I was getting taken advantage of and things had gone too far and I literally like suppressed that shit and then you know having to deal with it later and realizing that you were in a vulnerable position and I was taking advantage of you know that that brings up so many (laughs) issues and dark things and problems and um so a lot of that and then just find refinding self-worth you know like and also refinding what it is to be female um realizing that I dealt with a lot of internalized misogyny like I I was kind of touching up on earlier like I just wanted to be men because I felt like men didn't want to want me when I was younger and um now I realized that when I was younger I was like oh I'm like I'm super chill I can hang with the dudes and I'm like you know nothing bothers me and this and that because for some reason I thought being a girl was difficult and stupid and being a man was better and it it took a long time to realize no being a woman's perfect and um being a man is is odd in itself and I would never you know put down men or say that they're bad or I hate them or anything but Um, I definitely felt like I had to fit into a man's world and I had to hate what it was being a girl. So I had to relearn that being female is me and is amazing. And I can um, express that now with total clarity and not think two things about it. As far as when I was younger, it was a lot of uh, suppressing like my innocence and my sexual energy and how I expressed myself and you know, also being scared of being, you know, around a bunch of men as a young girl feeling vulnerable. Like just so much of that is so real in the touring world. And, you know, I hope that girls, since all this stuff is in the limelight now, that it's not hard for girls to be a little more strong. But, yeah, these are things that in the past few years I've really had to delve into. And plus I was going through, like, a really bad... Uh, emotionally abusive relationship just like basically I got beat down into the dirt compacted in every way and I was like very confused on what my measurement of success was like how I could go from something successful and then become somebody so uh, like lacking of self-worth but it took a lot of time and it took a lot of fucking up and it took a lot of um, self-destruction and a lot of uh, alcohol abuse and a lot of just like back and forth to be kind of where I'm at now, which I feel great. Like, you know, I feel like I've healed a lot and I feel like I'm actually capable of like stepping back into music and being confident and saying, this is me, this is what I want. And this is what I don't fucking want. And, um, you know, having that difference and saying what I want to say. No, that's be- that's beautiful. I mean, I, I really appreciate you laying it all out like that because it's definitely, it's it, you know it, these experiences. While they may be, you know, when I say experiences, I mean like what you've experienced personally. Um, you know, might be you know isolated or whatever. It's like these are all things that um, you know people go through to varying degrees, and ultimately you need to be able to. Um, you know, identify them, you need to be able to process them in real time and understand like, yeah, like you said, the sort of taking advantage aspect, it's like that, that is the sort of stuff where, um, yeah, it's just, it's so difficult to process in the moment and only after time 
are you able to realize like, oh yeah, like that was, that was terrible. I was in this situation, whether it is sexual or whether it is like a business perspective, like you don't know about it until like you learn from it, you know? And it's just, I'm really, I appreciate you laying it all out like that because I think it's, uh, it's important, um, not only to speak about it, but to be able to, uh, identify these bad things and to be able to process them because some, yeah, some people don't have the luxury of what you've been able to do and process them, um, you know, process them fully and understand what it is that makes you happy now. Exactly. It's very true. And I didn't even know that I had to process stuff until like, you know, two years out when you can kind of look back in and be like, what, why am I fucked up, dude? And look, <laughs> right. like, oh my god <laughs> like oh my god like you can't even imagine it, it it makes me like feel for other people like you know versa wasn't fucking crazy huge like we had great amazing fans and like got to play amazing shows and do cool awesome stuff and it just makes me wonder about people even on a higher caliber and you know the kind of shit they have to go through and and the pressure and um i think that there is a healthy way and and I think that's why my intuition and my body were literally like, you have to step away because you are going to, like, drink yourself into oblivion and, and like, die. <laughs> like, that's kind of how my body felt. It's like, if you keep going this way, you might die. So you should you should leave. And and it's sad when there's, there's so many times I wanted to die. Like, I was never suicidal, but I was like, I'd be very happy if I died. Like, I wish I wasn't here. And if that's the way I'm thinking, then shit ain't right. Like, and you got to process and heal through something and like find it and dig and dig until it's all fucking up. And then you can like look at it, assess it, go through it and then be like, okay, now I think I can handle the world a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's really cool. And it's cool too, because I think the, you know, the last thing I want to hit on was, you know, what you're doing musically now with no, that's how you say it, correct? Am I totally? No, yes, you're Good. correct. Just wanted to make sure. Um, <laughs> the uh you know the, the fact that you uh you know were able to shed different pieces of yourself that you know you whatever you through all the processing and everything we were talking about to you know what you're doing now and be able to create music that um you know could stack up against you know your previous work with your previous band and people would be like oh i don't i don't see the connectivity at all <laughs> you know I don't, I don't know why this would happen because of this um and I love the fact that, you know, you're looking up with people who come from a completely different, you know, background and scene in regards to, you know, the punk and hardcore scene. Um, I, I'm guessing that it was really appealing for you to step completely outside of, you know, what any sort of expectations were in regards to, you know, whatever you would do next musically where, you know, some people would put the expectation on you where it's like, oh, yeah, you need to do another rock pop thing like immediately, you know, like where where yeah, where, where is Sierra? How come she's not doing something like that? Um, I, 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 I guess it's just super, super filling and exciting for you to do this. It really is like growing up, I wanted to be in a punk band and like I wanted to be like in hardcore bands, but I was always like, well, but I'm a girl. <laughs> like, you know, I can't fucking scream <laughs> like right. things like that. Um, and yeah, when when Nick reached out to me, um, Nick plays guitar, he reached out to me and like we met briefly on Warped Tour years before. And he always just stuck out. He was really funny and weird. He's so weird. Um, so when he reached out, I was like, Yes, and I was actually going to reach out to him. So it was kind of like this really fateful thing because I knew the pressure wasn't going to be there. Like I knew that it was going to be he's going to fucking just like 
wail on some distortion and I'm going to sing, I'm, he's going to let me do whatever I want. And that's basically what it was. Like I'm doing whatever I want. He's doing whatever he wants. There's a few songs where we collaborate where like, he's like, Hey, I wrote this. And I'm like, yeah, keep it. you you wrote the melody and words on this one. Like I like the collaboration because there's not a lot of thought into it. And I think like as far as both of us we work better that way so it's really different and as far as like where everything I've previously done is overthunk I think like just so much overthink thinking so this is like freeing it's noisy it's dirty it's droney but it's also got it's like dreamy beautiful parts and what's interesting is I feel like I don't really like the, the lyrics that come out seem more honest rather than thought out in a way. And I thought that was kind of surprising for me. Um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with this band. And trust me, so many people came out, like reached out to me and were like, so this is what you do now? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's that's it is. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going back to like what I liked when I was younger, you know? I, I want it to be noisy and fun i don't want to be like this perfect thing so I'm, I'm fucking not um anyway so it, it's really fun hopefully you can come out to a show because it's pretty enjoyable like nick's kind of like a oh, fireball like i am you know you have two people who are like high on energy and go and go and go and you put us on stage and it's like what the fuck am i watching here <laughs> like yeah. at some points i just steal his guitar and like you know, he's like, just, well, I guess I'll take your mic, you know, and we have a lot of fun on stage together. It's, it's like, I think exactly what I needed. Yeah, no, that's super cool. I mean, it is, it's funny because I, I like the, uh, <laughs> what you expressed in regards to people being like, so this is what you're doing now? Because it's like, you know, it, it, it's like this level of disappointment where people are like, oh, like, I, I thought you were going to do something that I was expecting you to do, as opposed oh my to, like, so like, much disappointment. I, I'm not fucking kidding you. People are like, are you really, is this really, like, what you think you're going to, it's like, it's not my life, like, career. It's a band that I like, and I think other people like it, too, but all y'all judgmental fucks can step back, and you don't have to listen if you don't want it. Like, I had, like, someone reach out to me that I didn't talk to in a long time, but we're involved with Versa, and they're like, so what's this shit? <laughs> like, like, where's your pop album? <laughs> right. It's crazy. And you know what, that, like, I was thinking about this. A lot of people, like, right when Versa was kind of slowing down, because we never really announced, like, a breakup or anything, but right when it was slowing down, people were like, oh, come on, let's, like, why don't you pump out a pop record? Like, why don't we do this thing? Like, take it while you got it, you know? Step, like, you have all this leverage and blah, blah. And that made no sense to me. I was like, what? Use my leverage to, like, create some, like, album that I'm probably going to fucking hate when I'm, like, not in my right mind. And, like, I don't know. I feel like that shit's nuts. Like, that's crazy. Right. No, totally, totally. And it's... (laughs) It's also it's also cool because then you know you're in many respects you know you're 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 peeling away the people who only paid attention to you for one specific reason and the people that you know do stick around and still pay attention to what you're doing musically are ones who 
are actually supportive over you and are actually engaged in the art that you're creating as opposed to people who, you know, are just like passerbys and just, you know, cared about one particular, like, oh, I love that song when I was in high school. It's like, well, okay, like, <laughs> that's great. But uh, yeah, you're able to, and then in turn, you're also able to be introduced to a, you know, completely different, you know, music scene and people aren't carrying baggage you know it's it's not like you know a true devotee to you know hardcore music is going to have any clue who versa merge was so they'll just be like oh whatever maybe she played some dumb pop band or whatever so i, I don't care like it's cool what she's doing now so it's like you can kind of you know it, it, you, it's a true fresh start yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, 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 and it feels really good i can just like be myself with no expectations and be who i am now and the only thing that's funny is people are like you can actually sing <laughs> That's the only thing that makes me laugh. Is really like, you can actually like sing, and I'm like, well, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah, no, that's super, that's funny. It's like, wait, I, I I thought you were terrible. I, I didn't think you could do this. <laughs> or just, like people in this music like scene don't usually sing that well. Like that's kind of what I've heard. I'm like, oh, weird. Oh, great. But, well, I'm glad I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad I can impress you. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just I'm happy to be in like any music world. I think it's all interesting and fun and you know being around people that can like have a good time and talk music that's always a fun thing to do and i hope i don't stop doing it anytime soon yeah no that's super exciting well sierra thank you so much for hanging out this was incredibly fun for me i hope you enjoyed it as well yes i did it was great to meet you and talk with you yes sierra right just just great i i know i sound like I say the same things at the end of every single conversation, but, um, yeah, these are just so, <laughs> I just feel lucky that we're like, you know, 270 some odd episodes in and there really is like one or two conversations I can think of that I've released that I've been like, ah, that was just okay. All of these just go into super fun places and really engaging. And I feel, um, like <laughs> when I hang up with, with people after I've spoken to them on Skype, I like, you know, immediately text them and like, you know, trade information because I feel like it's, um, you know, it's, it's like the last day of school and I'm like, Hey, can we still be friends? <laughs> cause I, we, we created this like intimate space in which we discussed our, our lives and, uh, you know, sometimes our innermost thoughts. And I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, flailing to run after them with my yearbook to be like, Hey, could you sign this and say, have a, have a nice summer and, you know, leave me your Instagram name. <laughs> But that's exactly what I did with Sierra, and she was, uh, yeah, she was sweet. And now we are in each other's lives uh, digitally, and that's uh, that's awesome. So, check out No, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. But no, 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 that's not all I got because I have to tell you about next week's guest, Jonathan Howell. This is actually I have collected a full band. Um, I know many of you in the past have joked where it's like, oh man, you've almost talked to every single band member of the band, uh, namely a lot of Spute. Thrice, those are the closest ones, I think. Um, maybe I was, I was going to collect a few others, but uh, less art. So this is a project from uh, some people from Thrice, Curl Up and Die, Kowloon Walled City, and uh, I've collected the band. Now I've spoken to every single person in this band, and Jonathan is the last one, but definitely not the least. He, um, Yeah, we just had a great discussion because he, his musical taste is wild. Like, I thought I got into weird music when I started to work at a record store, but uh, his music taste kind of, you know, goes across the spectrum, and I loved having that discussion with him. So, that's next week, and hopefully you will be safe until then, right? Right? That's what I remind you. So, and I realized I didn't do that in last week's episode. So, if those of you kind of felt weird after last week's episode, that's why. 
<laughs> but anyways, thank you, everybody. And uh, yeah, be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.